Welcome back to another episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Ross. Hi, Joey. And Tom. Hi, Joe. And Mike. Hello. And when I say here, I, I mean <laughs> uh, virtually. We are having a Zoom meeting right now for our recording, as many, many people are doing Zoom and Skype and all these kinds of things uh, to stay connected with their 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 families and their friends, and then also educators. A lot of educators are continuing to provide education through digital platforms, um, primarily, because that's kind of what we have. And I am at my school doing this as well. Uh, we are doing Zoom meetings for our group times. We're trying to have some smaller groups um, that can come together on Zoom, and we're um, sending email communications to families with ideas. And the idea I wanted to kick around with you guys today was um, the idea of uh, my new classroom environment because somehow it still is a classroom environment to me um i'm kind of getting used to it <laughs> but there is i know it's not a real space but it it um there's elements that sort of make it feel like a real space and at the same time it's all very strange like i'm sitting in my own house talking to kids i'm seeing their houses this kind of intimacy yet not um and it's just a it's an interesting thing to think about the 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 space, so to speak, that we're inhabiting mm -hmm. as we're all doing all these digital things. So yeah, I'm curious what things you've been thinking about because um, I haven't really thought about it as much. But it is an interesting thing. I, I taught for a while at a place where we did home visits all the time, mm -hmm. and there was that difference when you go into the child's home and the way they treat you. So I, yeah. I imagine there's a little bit of that since they're the one in the home. Yeah, well, having for, that, I'm a pretty private person, and so. For me, um, I mean, I'm just sitting up in my semi-finished attic right now, but and that's where I teach, so so speak, my classes as well. And but even you know, so to share, some of my colleagues are sharing more. They're doing little videos for mm -hmm. their kids, like, "Hey guys, this is what it looks like where I am. This is my dog. This is my kid. Mm -hmm. You know, what does your house look like?" Trying to to do our best to tell each other kind of what our experiences are because we're not together. Um, and you know, you know it's an oddly intimate thing to do, right? To show, I mean, there are people that I know and I have a relationship with, but it's not, it's not the relationship that we have. We have our school space, you know, which is sort of a little bit, we make it together, but as a teacher, it's a little bit my space, you know, like I, it's my classroom. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say it leans more towards the teachers owning that space, if you will, than, than sure. the families, whereas the space is a little more, a little more shared. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if um, if you use props, and if you use props, do do the people on the other end? So Tom, you asked if I had a little internet hiccup there. If I use props, and if the people on the other end are using props as well, the, the same props. Yeah. So you you're you're working together somehow. That's I what don't... I'm working towards. That's been my little breakthrough about how to feel together more. I guess. Um, so I am using props. I mean doing making little cardboard cutouts for my finger plays it's like this low tech meets high tech you know what i mean like cause it's literally mm -hmm. like i'm drawing things and cutting them out and then i'm using the computer to share them mm -hmm. virtually so it's a little funny um, but the kids uh the kids are bringing similarly things to show so you know a toy a stuffed animal and there's kind of this sharing um but i want to get more towards it we're kind of doing I don't want to put too many constraints on the fans, but like a similar thing. So yeah, so I'm going to invite them all to make a puppet, for example, and hopefully bring that. And then we'd all do something synchronized, like a song or something like that with our, with our puppets and that kind of thing. But I think giving, having everybody have something concrete makes it feel more normal, even though we're not together. Well, I think it also that uh, with the passiveness or, of just sitting and watching 
we, I mean, we, we just kind of see, I mean, I am guilty of it most evenings or over the weekend where, you know, <laughs> I can sit down and just kind of melt into the TV and just what's going on. But then there is a passiveness to it. There's just a, it's just happening. Whereas if I was to, I mean, maybe video games is a small version, but like I'm, I'm controlling and interacting. So now I'm a part of it. So my, I'm imagining my uh, brain scan would look different in terms of what's firing and what's, what's being activated. So I think if the children, if you, like Tom was saying, if you're suggesting or saying, Hey, t- tomorrow, don't forget to bring your favorite stuffed animal or bring a bean bag. And I'm thinking of ways that, you know, if you had your drawings and you could take a picture and send it to them and parents could, print it out and cut it, you know, or, and then cut them out and have the same props or find 10 bottle caps, find, you know, things that it would be household items. But now the children are engaging as best they can while still having to be virtual. But yeah, you know, I'm, then, like they get to be in the story. It's looking they get for to be those in the shared experiences. Right. Yeah. You're looking for some kind of balance between the child having agency over what they're doing and you instructing. So somehow you would want, I would think you'd want your instruction to be such that it engages their agency and how you would do that. I have absolutely no idea, but. And it also brings up, right. We talk about it a lot, the way young children aren't sitting still while you're doing things. And in a, an actual classroom, a real life classroom, you can still talk to them knowing that when they're hopping around, they're still hearing you. But with the screen, if they start walking away, they may not hear you anymore right. or right. you won't hear them. It, there's a difference there that it's almost like, you know, the screen forces them to stay still um, in a way that or relatively still um, they can bounce up and down a little bit, I guess, but yeah. like they couldn't walk away. I can't remember. I was talking to somebody, oh, uh, someone I know who does special ed and, you know, is checking in on families virtually and the kid will want to show the teacher things. Um, I imagine other kids might be building and want the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know how kids will often call it, hey, look what I did. Yes. Hey, watch this. Mm-hmm. And it's like they kind of want the adult for that. And yet there isn't... I don't know, a screen makes that even harder. Um, not trying to dissuade you, but... No, no, yeah. <laughs> no, it, but it's, it's one like, of those things. It's a good challenge for you, Joey. <laughs> it is a good challenge to think about. And Tom, you had just talked about uh, agency, and I think that that is a really... I mean, you know, there's, there's many things that, like, just part of your regular teaching practice, they can actually come into play, as crazy as it sounds, in this digital way. So, yeah, so when I put a prompt out, and again... Don't know how many families are reading my emails. Don't know how many are reading it to the children. Everybody's got different levels of chaos in their lives right now, but you know, doing my best to offer something out there. So I'll put like a provocation in my email. Have you ever traced a shadow coming in the window or something, something, Mm -hmm. something, and they could take it or leave it just like they would at school. Right. Mm -hmm. I put things out all the time that they ignore. Um, But maybe, but maybe they take it up and they, their agency comes in. Oh, well you said this, but I did this, Mm -hmm. you know? and, And so trying that's a, it's a really interesting thing to think about. How do they still get agency? Um, you know, them talking about what they've done and sharing it with the group. The difference is, is that none of the other kids have watched them do it. Right. Whereas in the classroom, like, oh, yeah, I saw you building that. Right. Oh, I didn't realize it was a fort or whatever. Right. Perspective taking is, is 
adds a whole crazy level to the digital thing, you know, cause yeah. they don't know that you can't see mm-hmm. everything right. that they can see. They don't know when sometimes you mute them and you can't hear them, you know, like there's just right, a whole right. fascinating level of perspective taking and using these digital yeah. platforms. <laughs> so I, I have a question. It, when you're doing this virtual um, classroom, do, what do the kids see? Do they only see you or do they see themselves also? Because there's some kind of platforms where you, you can see yourself and you can see the other person. Um, yeah. And, and what I found, we, we do this with the grandchildren, is that the grandchildren hijack it, and they just want to look at themselves and be silly. Mm-hmm. Ah. Well, does so that it's happen? Hard know, it's hard to know entirely what all our families are seeing, I mean, because it makes a difference if it's a computer or a, or a mobile device, not to get too deep in the weeds with that. Um, but uh, I think most of them are doing uh, the multi-person view based on what I can, I don't see what you're describing, Tom, where the kids just mug you can actually see their faces light up when they see someone that they know and you'll hear them say, you know, hi Elliot or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Not, not a hundred percent of the time, but um, I, so I think they're doing a view where they see all the other kids and they're actually genuinely excited to see people that they haven't seen for, for a long time. But to the point about perspective taking into what you just said, Tom, don't know what they see all the time. But I think, I think it's, maybe it's the same idea that understanding bringing out a new material in the classroom, if it's new and exciting, of course, you're not going to want to plan a, a, a full large group around the, the minutia of how this thing works or all the possibilities you can do with it. You're going to put it on the table and let children have at it mm-hmm. because they need to just experience it, explore it, and kind of get that excitement out of the way. So the first few times that you're maybe introducing if you're using Zoom, just a, maybe it's a, a dance party. Maybe it's just a means to get to have that the first few minutes or whatever are just a means to see and do. And then once that's happened, now the expectation of being able to actually host class or have a, have a, uh, a lesson or something going on more instructional may be more possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering kind of with that piece as well that, the documentation that children are getting to do or show that they just don't, again, kind of going back to that passiveness and that agency that sometimes there's something they could share everybody, you know, Joey, can you show us, hold up your picture of what spring looks like at your house? And they may, mm-hmm. may everyone, Mike, now you go, Tom, yeah. can you take a turn? We could do something like that where they can go back and forth, but maybe it's like you said, Hey, it's a sunny day. When we get ready to go, when we're leaving, get your chalk and go outside. And if you draw your shadow, take a picture and send mm-hmm. it to us. Mm-hmm. And then there's another means. Like what we've been doing, because we've stayed open as a child care program, we've been requested to, you know, by the governor to, to stay open to serve families that are in need. And um, for those families that have stayed home, we're recording YouTube videos of what we're doing in the classroom to share. But we, we've had families say, well, you know, they want to share some videos too. Yeah. So we've set up uh, a, uh, our own kind of school Facebook page where families can upload their videos based on the things that we've been doing. So we're going to see how that goes and what the particip- participation level is. But again, some families are going to be posting every day because that's how they live their life. Some are maybe, you know, see it and then don't ever think about it again because it's not a part of their routine. But I think just trying to use what the situation is because I think it's, it's so new for all of us that um, it's going to take some trials and error 
What you wow. describe, Ross, is so fascinating because you have a shared space. You have the real world of your classroom mm -hmm. trying to hold the community of kids who aren't coming anymore. I mean, right. that's, that's a, you know, think about that metaphorical yeah. space. I mean, that's, that's so a lot thing, to juggle. One thing I don't understand, Joey, is yeah. um, are you just talking to one student at a time or have you, you, you see multiple kids at a we've time? We've been doing, we've been doing group, group time, we'd call it. So we've so invited. How, how many? I think the most I've had is probably like 15 different classes have different because it's, you know, it's just come when you can. We know families have different uh, crunches. So it's from nine to 17, I think have been, have been coming. Um, and, mm. and there are, you know, like Ross was talking about the problem uh, of figuring out the new medium or the new material. If you want to call Zoom a new material, we're, we're learning about Zoom, what works and what doesn't. Um, mm -hmm. And so there is some chaos uh, of unleashing the new material without knowing everything about it. But um, uh, we're, we're sort of, uh, we all get together and then we have times where we're doing active songs and stories and, and, and those kinds of things, trying to keep it as, as active as, as possible. But I'm also mm -hmm. having, um, we have small group drop-in time, which is a little mm -hmm. more exciting. Um, mm -hmm. Not that many people come, it's not widely attended, but it's kind of been a blast. We've been drawing on the screen mm -hmm. um, using this like whiteboard feature and um, you just, it's, it's just a blast. Mm -hmm. to, to, and they just and they'll tell you oh it needs eyes it needs feet or whatever you're drawing and and you know it's just goofy fun together so it's been a mixture and sometimes we're just talking like someone would talk to their grandma you know the kids say oh look at my new toy or so, you know it's not all um, so it, it runs the gamut yeah because when you've got a whole group and you're wondering who's going to talk next or they're all talking together it must be kind of like really like wild it is really wild and you ha and so the you have to you there's more structure than there probably would be in a group time that I would normally run if we were all together. So okay. there are times that I say, Oh, I'm going to turn all your voices off. I mean, or I don't say that. I say, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make you okay. quiet for me. <laughs> or they don't know mute. Maybe they know mute by now. I don't know. Um, but there are times that you have to mute the room and yeah. now most of them don't know it. So you can still see their mouths moving. And mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I have a colleague who's like, oh, just, pains me, just pains me to mute them. Like she, as if she's covering their mouth. You know, uh, and I, I just don't think that they, I don't think they know it's happening, yeah. you know, but then we might go one at a time and say, Tom, your turn to tell us something. We do have to do more structure yeah. to avoid. Um, and I think it's important to just keep in mind, you know, the whole point of a large group time is, you know, having the full class is that building community. So, you know, it's kind of in some ways the same rules as when you're in real life of like, it doesn't, you don't want it to be too long. Right. You want kids to feel part of it and there's some way to contribute. The hard part is in a classroom, I would often say, you know, movement is the way to do that. And um, we've show me how you're moving yeah. now. I'm going to, and then she'll show us and then. And it's actually us. the same in the virtual world without That's, movement. They're, they're, they're not, they're not very good. So, you know, yeah. all the most active songs we can think of, I mean, sometimes it's just finger mm -hmm. plays, but um, sure. movement is, is like super, super important. So yeah, there's just kind of this whole, it's only taking shape. We've barely been doing this. I have another question. For okay. You. I'm just full of questions today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after you have a class, do, do the teachers get to communicate with each other and talk over what kind of worked, what didn't work, yep. that kind of thing? Yep. Oh, that's great. All, all those same things are happening as that would during the school day. So we linger after group mm -hmm. time typically and just sort of rehash, you know, sometimes it's technical problems and sometimes it's like, oh, did you see... That kid, he held up his taxidermy duck. 
let's get a picture of his taxidermy duck and send that to the class because nobody got to see it. You know, that mm -hmm. kind of, you know, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's actually still emergent curriculum. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds insane, but it, but it is because they're doing things and how can you not respond right. to, to what they're showing you? So now I have a comment. Yes. <laughs> Not just a question, but it seems to me this is, uh, if you start to reflect on your process of learning how to use this, it's much like a child coming into a new classroom or coming into a new situation and trying to figure it out. There'll be mistakes along the way and, and you've got to, you got to feel okay about it. Yeah. Give yourself a little bit of space to be. It is. It's like they moved us all to a whole new school. I mean, right. you know, like, and we're all figuring it out. We don't all know where the doors are yet. And we don't all know, you know, like, don't know where the crayons are. And, and we're, and you have to just do it all at the same time. It's really. Do I have to raise my hand? Or <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't say raise your hand. I say wave. I cannot bring myself to say raise your hand. I say wave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a but with that, I mean, this is where my mind is kind of run over the several weeks of this going on is that, well, now how does this shift the educational paradigm? And this is maybe a, for another podcast, another episode, a whole other <laughs> yeah. philosophical question. Anytime you question. say the word paradigm, I think we're starting a new topic. Well, <laughs> this might, <laughs> I'll just bring it up as a, maybe a, something to, to chew on for later. But the idea that we, we have the freedom or maybe the demand now to really change how we view education, interaction, community building, what's important, what's, what what is what is education what is learning and i think the idea like how how is this going to if hold on are teachers taking the time to reflect on this interaction these experiences like you're saying joey so that you can go okay so how do we do this differently when we come back because we've yeah. always done it this way, especially for established programs that have been around for decades. Well, we've always just kind of done it like this. Well, now you can't do it like that anymore. So when you come back, what's going to be different? Do you have more reflective time built in for your staff? Do you have a restructuring of how you see the routines or schedule of your day? You know, I think the idea of just how this is going to have to change things. We, we've kind of talked about, you know, the new normal and things like that. Well, how exciting is it that we can actually change it some probably on a very local level in our own programs to start, but do the bigger conversations then reflect an idea of, well, now we have to restructure this hundred year old model of education. And, you know, one thing that I think like that's making me think the potential of having classrooms connect. Uh, I had a professor who talked about the, the way there's like those sister schools, you know, where you like yeah. find a program across the world and he would talk about, you should be doing it across the county, you know? So <laughs> right. go, you know, connect with a rural program if you're urban and then you could, but you'd actually be able to do the face-to-face -face visit too. Cause I think right. that this age group meets the face-to-face -face also, but it does leave the potential for connecting in ways, you know, where I work now, we have a suburban uh, location and an urban location and the kids see each other on field trips and it's like, then they don't see each other again. And right. This format, clearly there's more to it that we could be doing. Well, and, and we, one more thing before we wrap up is also, and Ross, I think you raise, let's book, put a little pin in your thought about what we're learning mm -hmm. about what's important in education, um, you know, mm -hmm. is something we might be reflecting on as we move forward into whatever the next landscape is going to look like. But also, like, it feels super weird to, to me because this isn't how I learned how to teach. I don't know that it feels weird to the children. I mean, 
they right? talk to their grandmas and grandpas on their phones and computers mm-hmm. and they, you know, watch their cartoons and things like that. I, I mean, I'm sure they don't, they're not used to seeing me this way or their classmates, but I don't know. I don't know that it's such a, you know, that it's as big of a deal for them or not. I, I, I don't know. So that's another thing that I would be interested to, to find out from families. But anyway, probably um, could always go on more, but I think I will, I will end it here for today and just say thanks for um, helping me think about my new teaching space. And in some ways it's very similar to my old teaching space. It just, um, uh, but yet it's very different because it's just me all by myself. <laughs> so thanks anyway. a lot, Joey. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Joey. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn. <laughs>